Welcome to another episode of the Come Follow Me Read Ahead. Since the normal course of study skips a whole bunch of chapters of the Old Testament, this episode is part of a series where we read the complete Old Testament from the New English Translation. It is not synchronized to the weekly schedule from the church. We're reading ahead and spreading the episodes over last year and this year. Let's jump in. Isaiah chapter 9. The gloom will be dispelled from those who were anxious. In earlier times, he humiliated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but now he brings honor to the way of the sea, the region beyond the Jordan, and Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness see a bright light. Light shines on those who live in a land of deep darkness. You have enlarged the nation, you give them great joy. They rejoice in your presence as harvesters rejoice, as warriors celebrate when they divide up the plunder. For their oppressive yoke and the club that strikes their shoulders, the cudgel the oppressor uses on them, you have shattered as in the day of Midian's defeat. Indeed, every boot that marches and shakes the earth and every garment dragged through blood is used as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us, he shoulders responsibility, and is called Wonderful Advisor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His dominion will be vast, and he will bring immeasurable prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom, establishing it and strengthening it by promoting justice and fairness, from this time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of Heaven's armies will accomplish this. The Lord decreed judgment on Jacob, and it fell on Israel. All the people were aware of it, the people of Ephraim and those living in Samaria. Yet with pride and an arrogant attitude they said, The bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with chiseled stone. The sycamore fig trees have been cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Then the Lord provoked their adversaries to attack them. He stirred up their enemies, Syria from the east, and the Philistines from the west, they gobbled up Israelite territory. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. The people did not return to the one who struck them. They did not seek reconciliation with the Lord of heaven's armies. So the Lord cut off Israel's head and tail, both the shoots and stalk in one day. The leaders and the highly respected people are the head, the prophets who teach lies are the tale. The leaders of this nation were misleading people, and the people being led were destroyed. So the Lord was not pleased with their young men. He took no pity on their orphans and widows. For the whole nation was godless and did wicked things. Every mouth was speaking disgraceful words. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. For evil burned like a fire, it consumed thorns and briars, it burned up the thickets of the forest, and they went up in smoke. Because of the anger of the Lord of heaven's armies, the land was scorched, and the people became fuel for the fire. People had no compassion on one another, they devoured on the right, but were still hungry. They ate on the left, but were not satisfied. People even ate the flesh of their own arm." Manasseh fought against Ephraim, and Ephraim against Manasseh. Together they fought against Judah. 
Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. Isaiah chapter 10 Beware those who enact unjust policies, those who are always instituting unfair regulations to keep the poor from getting fair treatment and to deprive the oppressed people among my people of justice so they can steal what widows own and loot what belongs to orphans. What will you do on judgment day when destruction arrives from a distant place? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your wealth? You will have no place to go except to kneel with the prisoners or to fall among those who have been killed. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. Beware Assyria, the club I use to vent my anger, a cudgel with which I angrily punish. I sent him against a godless nation. I ordered him to attack the people with whom I was angry, to take plunder and to carry away loot, to trample them down like dirt in the streets. But he does not agree with this. His mind does not reason this way, for his goal is to destroy and to eliminate many nations. Indeed, he says, Are not my officials all kings? Is not Calne like Carchemish? Hamath like Arpad? Samaria like Damascus? I overpowered kingdoms ruled by idols, whose carved images were more impressive than Jerusalem's or Samaria's. As I have done to Samaria and its idols, so I will do to Jerusalem and its idols. But when the Lord finishes judging Mount Zion and Jerusalem, then he will punish the king of Assyria for what he has proudly planned and for the arrogant attitude he displays. For he says, By my strong hand I have accomplished this, by my strategy that I devised. I invaded the territory of nations and looted their storehouses. Like a mighty conqueror, I brought down rulers. My hand discovered the wealth of the nations, as if it were in a nest, as one gathers up abandoned eggs. I gathered up the whole earth. There was no wing flapping or open mouth chirping. Does an axe exalt itself over the one who wields it, or a saw magnify itself over the one who cuts with it? As if a scepter should brandish the one who raises it, or a staff should lift up what is not made of wood. For this reason, the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies will make his healthy ones emaciated. His majestic glory will go up in smoke. The light of Israel will become a fire. Their holy one will become a flame. It will burn and consume the Assyrian king's briars and his thorns in one day. The splendor of his forest and his orchard will be completely destroyed, as when a sick man's life ebbs away. There will be so few trees left in his forest, a child will be able to count them. At that time, those left in Israel, those who remain in the family of Jacob, will no longer rely on a foreign leader that abuses them. Instead, they will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, a remnant will come back, a remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For though your people, Israel, are as numerous as the sand on the seashore, only a remnant will come back. Destruction has been increased, 
Just punishment is about to engulf you. The sovereign lord of heaven's armies is certainly ready to carry out the decreed destruction throughout the land. So here is what the sovereign lord of heaven's armies says. My people who live in Zion, do not be afraid of Assyria. Even though they beat you with a club and lift their cudgel against you as Egypt did. For very soon, my fury will subside, and my anger will be directed toward their destruction. The Lord of Heaven's armies is about to beat them with a whip, similar to the way he struck down Midian at the Rock of Oreb. He will use his staff against the sea, lifting it up as he did in Egypt. At that time, the Lord will remove their burden from their shoulders, and their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be taken off because your neck will be too large. They attacked Ayath, moved through Migron, depositing their supplies in Michmash. They went through the pass, spent the night at Geba. Rama trembled. Gibeah of Saul ran away. Shout out, daughter of Gollum. Pay attention, Lyashah. Answer her, Anathoth. Madmanah flees. The residents of Gibam have hidden. This very day, standing in Nob, they shake their fist at daughter Zion's mountain, at the hill of Jerusalem. Look, the sovereign lord of heaven's armies is ready to cut off the branches with terrifying power. The tallest trees will be cut down. The loftiest ones will be brought low. The thickets of the forest will be chopped down with an axe, and mighty Lebanon will fall. Isaiah chapter 11. A shoot will grow out of Jesse's rootstock. A bud will sprout from his roots. The Lord's spirit will rest on him. A spirit that gives extraordinary wisdom. A spirit that provides the ability to execute plans. A spirit that produces absolute loyalty to the Lord. He will take delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by mere appearances or make decisions on the basis of hearsay. He will treat the poor fairly and make right decisions for the downtrodden of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and order the wicked to be executed. Justice will be like a belt around his waist. Integrity will be like a belt around his hips. A wolf will reside with a lamb, and a leopard will lie down with a young goat. An ox and a young lion will graze together as a small child leads them along. A cow and a bear will graze together, their young will lie down together. A lion, like an ox, will eat straw. A baby will play over the hole of a snake, over the nest of a serpent. An infant will put his hand. They will no longer injure or destroy on my entire royal mountain. For there will be universal submission to the Lord's sovereignty, just as the waters completely cover the sea. At that time, a root from Jesse will stand like a signal flag for the nations. Nations will look to him for guidance, and his residence will be majestic. At that time, the Lord will again lift his hand to reclaim the remnant of his people from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and the sea coasts. He will lift up a signal flag for the nations. He will gather Israel's dispersed people and assemble Judah's scattered people from the four corners of the earth. Ephraim's jealousy will end and Judah's hostility will be eliminated. 
Ephraim will no longer be jealous of Judah, and Judah will no longer be hostile toward Ephraim. They will swoop down on the Philistine hills to the west. Together, they will loot the people of the east. They will take over Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites will be their subjects. The Lord will divide the gulf of the Egyptian sea. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates River and send a strong wind. He will turn it into seven dried-up streams and enable them to walk across in their sandals. There will be a highway leading out of Assyria for the remnant of his people, just as there was for Israel when they went up from the land of Egypt. Isaiah chapter 12 At that time you will say, I praise you, O Lord, for even though you were angry with me, your anger subsided and you consoled me. Look, God is my deliverer. I will trust in him and not fear. For the Lord gives me strength and protects me. He has become my deliverer. Joyfully, you will draw water from the springs of deliverance. At that time, you will say, Praise the Lord. Ask him for help. Publicize his mighty acts among the nations. Make it known that he is unique. Sing to the Lord, for he has done magnificent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out and shout for joy, O citizens of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel acts mightily among you. Isaiah chapter 13 This is an oracle about Babylon that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw. On a bare hill, raise a signal flag, shout to them, wave your hand, so they might enter the gates of the princes. I have given orders to my chosen soldiers. I have summoned the warriors through whom I will vent my anger, my boasting, arrogant ones. There is a loud noise on the mountains. It sounds like a large army. There is great commotion among the kingdoms. Nations are being assembled. The Lord of Heaven's armies is mustering forces for battle. They come from a distant land, from the horizon. It is the Lord, with his instruments of judgment, coming to destroy the whole earth. Wail, for the Lord's day of judgment is near. It comes with all the destructive power of the Sovereign One. For this reason, all hands hang limp. Every human heart loses its courage. They panic. Cramps of pain seize hold of them, like those of a woman who is straining to give birth. They look at one another in astonishment. Their faces are flushed red. Look, the Lord's day of judgment is coming. It is a day of cruelty and savage, raging anger, destroying the earth and annihilating its sinners. Indeed, the stars in the sky and their constellations no longer give out their light. The sun is darkened as soon as it rises, and the moon does not shine. I will punish the world for its evil and wicked people for their sin. I will put an end to the pride of the insolent. I will bring down the arrogance of tyrants. I will make human beings more scarce than pure gold, and people more scarce than gold from Ophir. So I will shake the heavens, and the earth will shake loose from its foundation, because of the fury of the Lord of Heaven's armies. In the day he vents his raging anger. Like a frightened gazelle or a sheep with no shepherd, each will turn toward home, each will run to his homeland. Everyone who is caught will be stabbed, everyone who is seized will die by the sword. 
Their children will be smashed to pieces before their very eyes. Their houses will be looted and their wives raped. Look, I am stirring up the Medes to attack them. They are not concerned about silver, nor are they interested in gold. Their arrows will cut young men to ribbons. They have no compassion on a person's offspring. They will not look with pity on children. Babylon, the most admired of kingdoms, the Chaldean source of honor and pride, will be destroyed by God, just as Sodom and Gomorrah were. No one will live there again. No one will ever reside there again. No Bedouin will camp there. No shepherds will rest their flocks there. Wild animals will rest there. The ruined houses will be full of hyenas. Ostriches will live there. Wild goats will skip among the ruins. Wild dogs will yip in her ruined fortresses. Jackals will yelp in the once splendid palaces. Her time is almost up. Her days will not be prolonged. Isaiah chapter 14 The Lord will certainly have compassion on Jacob. He will again choose Israel as his special people and restore them to their land. Resident foreigners will join them and unite with the family of Jacob. Nations will take them and bring them back to their own place. Then the family of Israel will make foreigners their servants as they settle in the Lord's land. They will make their captors captives and rule over the ones who oppressed them. When the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and anxiety and from the hard labor you were made to perform, you will taunt the king of Babylon with these words. Look how the oppressor has met his end. Hostility has ceased. The Lord has broken the club of the wicked, the scepter of rulers. It furiously struck down nations with unceasing blows. It angrily ruled over nations, oppressing them without restraint. The whole earth rests and is quiet. They break into song. The evergreens also rejoice over your demise, as do the cedars of Lebanon, singing, Since you fell asleep, no woodsman comes up to chop us down. Sheol below is stirred up about you, ready to meet you when you arrive. It rouses the spirits of the dead for you, all the former leaders of the earth. It makes all the former kings of the nations rise from their thrones. All of them respond to you, saying, You too have become weak like us. You have become just like us. Your splendor has been brought down to Sheol, as well as the sound of your stringed instruments. You lie on a bed of maggots with a blanket of worms over you. Look how you have fallen from the sky, O shining one, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the ground, O conqueror of the nations. You said to yourself, I will climb up to the sky above the stars of El. I will set up my throne. I will rule on the mountain of assembly, on the remote slopes of Zaphon. I will climb up to the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you were brought down to Sheol, to the remote slopes of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They look at you carefully, thinking, Is this the man who shook the earth? The one who made kingdoms tremble? Is this the one who made the world like a wilderness? Who ruined its cities? and refused to free his prisoners so they could return home? As for the kings of the nations, all of them lie down in splendor, each in his own tomb. But you have been thrown out of your grave, like a shoot that is thrown away. You lie among the slain, among those who have been slashed by the sword, 
among those headed for the stones of the pit, as if you were a mangled corpse. You will not be buried with them, because you destroyed your land and killed your people. The offspring of the wicked will never be mentioned again. Prepare to execute his sons for the sins their ancestors have committed. They must not rise up and take possession of the earth or fill the surface of the world with cities. I will rise up against them, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. I will blot out all remembrance of Babylon and destroy all her people, including the offspring she produces, says the Lord. I will turn her into a place that is overrun with wild animals and covered with pools of stagnant water. I will get rid of her, just as one sweeps away dirt with a broom, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The Lord of Heaven's armies makes this solemn vow. Be sure of this. Just as I have intended, so it will be. Just as I have planned, it will happen. I will break Assyria in my land. I will trample them underfoot on my hills. Their yoke will be removed from my people. The burden will be lifted from their shoulders. This is the plan I have devised for the whole earth. My hand is ready to strike all the nations. Indeed, the Lord of Heaven's armies has a plan, and who can possibly frustrate it? His hand is ready to strike, and who can possibly stop it? This oracle came in the year that King Ahaz died. Don't be so happy, all you Philistines, just because the club that beat you has been broken. For a viper will grow out of the serpent's root, and its fruit will be a darting adder. The poor will graze in my pastures, the needy will rest securely. But I will kill your root by famine. It will put to death all your survivors. Wail, O city gate, cry out, O city. Melt with fear, all you Philistines, for out of the north comes a cloud of smoke, and there are no stragglers in its ranks. How will they respond to the messengers of this nation? Indeed, the Lord has made Zion secure. The oppressed among his people will find safety in her. Isaiah chapter 15 This is an oracle about Moab. Indeed, in a night it is devastated. R of Moab is destroyed. Indeed, in a night it is devastated. Kir of Moab is destroyed. They went up to the temple. The people of Dibon went up to the high places to lament. Because of what happened to Nebo and Mediba, Moab wails. Every head is shaved bare. Every beard is trimmed off. In their streets, they wear sackcloth. On their roofs and in their town squares, all of them wail. They fall down weeping. The people of Heshbon and Eliela cry out. Their voices are heard as far away as Jahaz. For this reason, Moab's soldiers shout in distress. Their courage wavers. My heart cries out because of Moab's plight, and for the fugitives stretched out as far as Zoar and Eglath Shalashiah. For they weep as they make their way up the ascent of Luhith. They lament loudly their demise on the road to Horonaim. For the waters of Nimrim are gone, the grass is dried up, the vegetation has disappeared, and there are no plants. For this reason, what they have made and stored up, they carry over the stream to the poplars. Indeed, the cries of distress echo throughout Moabite territory. Their wailing can be heard in Eglaim and Be'er Elam. Indeed, the waters of Daimon are full of blood. Indeed, I will heap even more trouble on Daimon. 
A lion will attack the Moabite fugitives and the people left in the land. Isaiah chapter 16 Send rams as tribute to the ruler of the land, from Selah in the wilderness to the hill of daughter Zion. At the fords of Arnon, the Moabite women are like a bird that flies about when forced from its nest. Bring a plan, make a decision, provide some shade in the middle of the day, hide the fugitives, do not betray the one who tries to escape. Please let the Moabite fugitives live among you, hide them from the destroyer. Certainly the one who applies pressure will cease. The destroyer will come to an end. Those who trample will disappear from the earth. Then a trustworthy king will be established. He will rule in a reliable manner. This one from David's family. He will be sure to make just decisions and will be experienced in executing justice. We have heard about Moab's pride, their great arrogance, their boasting pride and excess. But their boastful claims are empty. So Moab wails over its demise. They all wail. Completely devastated, they moan about what has happened to the raisin cakes of Kir Hereseth. For the fields of Heshbon are dried up, as well as the vines of Sibma. The rulers of the nations trample all over its vines, which reach Jazar and spread to the wilderness. Their shoots spread out and cross the sea. So I weep along with Jazer over the vines of Sibma. I will saturate you with my tears, Heshbon and Elielah, for the conquering invaders shout triumphantly over your fruit and crops. Joy and happiness disappear from the orchards, and in the vineyards no one rejoices or shouts, no one treads out juice in the wine vats. I have brought the joyful shouts to an end. So my heart constantly sighs for Moab, like the strumming of a harp. My inner being sighs for Kirheraseth. When the Moabites plead with all their might at their high places and enter their temples to pray, their prayers will be ineffective. This is the message the Lord previously announced about Moab. Now the Lord makes this announcement. Within exactly three years, Moab's splendor will disappear, along with all her many people. There will be only a few insignificant survivors left. Isaiah chapter 17. This is an oracle about Damascus. Look, Damascus is no longer a city. It is a heap of ruins. The cities of Aroer are abandoned. They will be used for herds, which will lie down there in peace. Fortified cities will disappear from Ephraim, and Damascus will lose its kingdom. The survivors in Syria will end up like the splendor of the Israelites, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. At that time, Jacob's splendor will be greatly diminished, and he will become skin and bones. It will be as when one gathers the grain harvest, and his hand gleans the ear of grain. It will be like one gathering the ears of grain in the valley of Rephaim. There will be some left behind, as when an olive tree is beaten. Two or three ripe olives remain toward the very top, four or five on its fruitful branches, says the Lord God of Israel. At that time, men will trust in their Creator. They will depend on the Holy One of Israel. They will no longer trust in the altars their hands made, or depend on the Asherah poles and incense altars their fingers made. 
At that time, their fortified cities will be like the abandoned summits of the Amorites, which they abandoned because of the Israelites. There will be desolation. For you ignore the God who rescues you. You pay no attention to your strong protector. So this is what happens. You cultivate beautiful plants and plant exotic vines. The day you begin cultivating, you do what you can to make it grow. The morning you begin planting, you do what you can to make it sprout. Yet the harvest will disappear in the day of disease and incurable pain. Beware, you many nations massing together, those who make a commotion as loud as the roaring of the sea's waves. Beware, you people making such an uproar, those who make an uproar as loud as the roaring of powerful waves. Though these people make an uproar as loud as the roaring of powerful waves, when he shouts at them, they will flee to a distant land, driven before the winds like dead weeds on the hills, or like dead thistles before a strong gale. In the evening, there is sudden terror. By morning, they vanish. This is the fate of those who try to plunder us, the destiny of those who try to loot us. Isaiah chapter 18 Beware, land of buzzing wings, the one beyond the rivers of Cush, that sends messengers by sea who glide over the water's surface in boats made of papyrus. Go, you swift messengers, to a nation of tall, smooth-skinned people, to a people that are feared far and wide, to a nation strong and victorious, whose land rivers divide. All you who live in the world, who reside on the earth, you will see a signal flag raised on the mountains. You will hear a trumpet being blown. For this is what the Lord has told me. I will wait and watch from my place, like scorching heat produced by the sunlight, like a cloud of mist in the heat of harvest. For before the harvest, when the bud has sprouted and the ripening fruit appears, he will cut off the unproductive shoots with pruning knives. He will prune the tendrils. They will all be left for the birds of the hills and the wild animals. The birds will eat them during the summer, and all the wild animals will eat them during the winter. At that time, tribute will be brought to the Lord of Heaven's armies by a people that are tall and smooth-skinned, a people that are feared far and wide, a nation strong and victorious, whose land rivers divide. The tribute will be brought to the place where the Lord of Heaven's armies has chosen to reside, on Mount Zion. Isaiah chapter 19. This is an oracle about Egypt. Look, the Lord rides on a swift moving cloud and approaches Egypt. The idols of Egypt tremble before him. The Egyptians lose their courage. I will provoke civil strife in Egypt. Brothers will fight with one another, as will neighbors, cities, and kingdoms. The Egyptians will panic, and I will confuse their strategy. They will seek guidance from the idols and from the spirits of the dead from the pits used to conjure up underworld spirits, and from the magicians. I will hand Egypt over to a harsh master. A powerful king will rule over them, says the sovereign lord of heaven's armies. The water of the sea will be dried up, and the river will dry up and be empty. The canals will stink, the streams of Egypt will trickle and then dry up. The bulrushes and reeds will decay, along with the plants by the mouth of the river. 
All the cultivated land near the river will turn to dust and be blown away. The fishermen will mourn and lament. All those who cast a fish hook into the river and those who spread out a net on the water's surface will grieve. Those who make cloths from combed flax will be embarrassed. Those who weave will turn pale. Those who make cloth will be demoralized. All the hired workers will be depressed. The officials of Zoan are nothing but fools. Pharaoh's wise advisers give stupid advice. How dare you say to Pharaoh, I am one of the sages, one well-versed in the writings of the ancient kings. But where, oh where, are your wise men? Let them tell you, let them find out what the Lord of Heaven's armies has planned for Egypt. The officials of Zoan are fools. The officials of Memphis are misled. The rulers of her tribes lead Egypt astray. The Lord has made them undiscerning. They lead Egypt astray in all she does, so that she is like a drunk, sliding around in his own vomit. Egypt will not be able to do a thing, head or tail, shoots or stalk. At that time, the Egyptians will be like women. They will tremble and fear because the Lord of Heaven's armies brandishes his fist against them. The land of Judah will humiliate Egypt. Everyone who hears about Judah will be afraid because of what the Lord of Heaven's armies is planning to do to them. At that time, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord of Heaven's armies. One will be called the City of the Sun. At that time, there will be an altar for the Lord in the middle of the land of Egypt, as well as a sacred pillar dedicated to the Lord at its border. It will become a visual reminder in the land of Egypt of the Lord of Heaven's armies. When they cry out to the Lord because of oppressors, He will send them a deliverer and defender who will rescue them. The Lord will reveal Himself to the Egyptians, and they will acknowledge the Lord's authority at that time. They will present sacrifices and offerings. They will make vows to the Lord and fulfill them. The Lord will strike Egypt, striking and then healing them. They will turn to the Lord, and He will listen to their prayers and heal them. At that time, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. The Assyrians will visit Egypt, and the Egyptians will visit Assyria. The Egyptians and Assyrians will worship together. At that time, Israel will be the third member of the group, along with Egypt and Assyria, and will be a recipient of blessings in the earth. The Lord of Heaven's armies will pronounce a blessing over the earth, saying, Blessed be my people Egypt, and the works of my hands Assyria, and my special possession Israel.